0: This morning for the uh, first time, um, I wanna invite Pastor David Kim to our uh, our stage to preach. Pastor David comes to us. Uh, his most recent stop was Marlton, New Jersey. David has been a pastor for over 20 years. He's also been a missionary to Ecuador, and uh, right now he's serving as our pastor of leadership development, and he's also serving as the chair of the intercultural studies department at University of Valley Forge. And it's been a real blessing to our team to have David here. And we want you to hear this morning from Pastor David. We're in a series called Together. If this is your first time here with us, we've been talking about our vision and what we think God wants to do through Spring Valley Together. We've talked about Together We Welcome as we talked about hospitality. We talked about Together We Reach as we are passionate about seeing people come to know Jesus. Last week, we talked about Together We Go Forward as uh, we just believe that our best days are yet to come. And today, Pastor David is going to talk about Together We Serve. Uh, would you welcome Pastor David Kim this morning? <laughs> Thanks, you.
1: Well, good morning. It's good to be with you this morning. Um, how many of you know sometimes you just don't know where God is going to take you? You know what I'm talking about? I just can't believe I'm here at Spring Valley Community Church sharing the word. I was actually here when this church opened its door for the first time. And uh, I was here for the launch and I, I just can't believe that my family and I are serving Spring Valley Community Church and serving the University of Valley Forge and um, I'll share a little bit of my story here today. but. It's just amazing how God sometimes has a different plan and sometimes we think that is best for us. And uh, I know that it's always best, whatever God has planned for us. Amen? So um, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, Coming to Pennsylvania was a little bit uh, nerve-wracking for us and for our family. Um, Even though I went to college here, Um, I'm not very familiar with Pennsylvania, so the idea of moving our family to Pennsylvania was a tremendous unknown for us. Well, some of the things that we thought Pennsylvania was like was, well, all we see on TV is shotguns, deer hunting, um, white wife beater shirts, and four-wheeling, and... I'm sorry, but uh, that's all I saw, okay, on TV. And, uh, and so you get, some of you are like, yeah, that's me. What, what do you doing? <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> what about it? Um, but, um, I, I mean, I had really some preconceived stereotyping of uh, Pennsylvanians, but I've come to realize that Pennsylvania has many different kinds of parts. Uh, I also wanted to let you know that um, my wife doesn't like hills. Okay, and so the idea, my, li- my wife likes flat, okay, flat land, and, and uh, this is nothing but hills over here, and uh, even to get from my house to the university, we have to go up and down many different, it, it's so dangerous, and I don't understand how deep these people bike on these roads, I'm like, you know, I spend a lot of time in New York City, we run you over for doing things like that, okay, but, uh, but anyway, um, it's been an interesting uh, transition for us, but I will tell you this, though. The the greatest um, thing that I was fearful or, or not comfortable about coming to Pennsylvania was the fact that you all were Eagles fans, okay? At least in this region here, okay? You know what I'm talking about? No? Okay, I, I know this is an Eagles territory. How many of you, oh, but, but let me tell you this. There's only one more other team that... I despise more than the Eagles. That's the Patriots. And there are a lot of Patriots here, Patriot fans. And I'm like, okay, you've got a whole bunch of Eagles fans and a whole bunch of Patriot fans. And then there's Dallas Cowboy fans here. I'm like, this is, I'm not sure about this church, Pastor Joe, I'm not sure if I can adjust. I'm a huge Giants fan, I know. Okay, uh, if you're a Giants fan, please come to me after service. We will unite together. Okay, uh, but anyway, um, I know that it's been an interesting transition for my wife and myself and for our children. Uh, it's a new setting, a different place. But I do know that God has brought here for a reason, for a purpose. And I do also know that God has brought us to Spring Valley for a reason. I, let me just tell you, I think that... Um, I don't know if you know but i've i've been doing a little bit of church consulting here and there so i get to visit a lot of churches Um, i really love this church i love the pastoral staff here i love your staff i love being here Uh, there's a piece about spring valley that i love there's love for jesus here Um, there's so many wonderful things that are happening here some of you may not know what my responsibilities are, so let me just tell you a little bit my responsibilities. They're like, what is pastor of leadership development? What are you doing here? Um, I develop leadership. (laughs) That's that's what I do. And, uh, And in many different areas, okay, especially in the realm of discipleship process and things like that, and really helping to equip and resource our congregation to develop in their leadership. And uh, there's some work that I do with the pastoral staff too as well, and including things like cultural sensitivity training. These guys know what I'm talking about, but uh, cultural sensitivity training is not going so well. I'm just telling you right now, especially for namely Andrew Van <laughs> it's not going well. If this is any indication of my success here at Spring Valley, I'm in big trouble, <laughs> okay, but, uh, but anyway, I love these guys. I love to work with these guys, and um, I just want you to know today that I believe that God has a wonderful plan for this church. I believe that God doesn't just want us to gather together, have a good time, have a little nice social gathering, hear awesome preaching from an awesome preacher like Joe, and just go home to do our own very thing that we've been doing all along. I really believe that God has a purpose for Spring Valley Community Church to be used for His will, for His plans, and for His kingdom. So when I say Spring Valley Community Church, I'm not talking about 10% of this church that are serving, or maybe it's 20%, I don't know what the exact stats are, But I'm talking about every single one of us that is in this church that we have a part and together we serve our Lord, our community, our church, our families, and we serve our living God together, amen? And so I believe that every single one of us has a part. And today I want to talk to you about that today. I want to ask a couple of questions. What would it look like if our church truly live to serve jesus and others and not ourselves what would that look like you ever you ever wonder sometimes like if we actually did the things that god tells us to do you ever like if i actually became the husband that god has actually called me to do? what would our family look like right what what about in your jobs what like if you were actually doing the things that god has called you to do what would your workplace look like? What would our church experience be like if we came to church not for ourselves and came to serve Jesus and others? What if we came to church and actually realized that we're here to serve one another and serve Jesus instead of just for ourselves and looking to be fed and looking looking for God to touch me? Uh, Those are all wonderful things that are necessary. We're going to go over that. But what if we actually came to church for that? How will the church experience be different? I imagine it would be very different than maybe some of us have experienced thus far. What would our neighborhoods we live in look like if we lived not for ourselves, but to serve Jesus and our neighbors? I know that if our lives are completely surrendered to the Lord and operating in the realm and in the way that God desires us to live in our neighborhoods, there's no way that your neighborhood would not be transformed. There's no way that God would not be able to use you to bring life, bring truth, bring hope, bring redemption for our neighborhood. As I'm saying that, I'm a little bit, um, my wife knows this, I'm a huge introvert. That, that third point there, I'm... When I go home, I don't wanna talk to my neighbor. I'm re- I really don't. Um, you know, this just this week, I had a neighbor arrive. I live in townhomes, and they arrived home at the same time. I had a long, long day. I was like, please, don't say hi to me. I don't want to say hi to you. Okay, this is very uncomfortable, and I rushed in, and this is for me. I'm not just talking to you. What would it look like if we just serve Jesus and serve others in our neighborhoods? What would our world be like if we're... We are a church not for ourselves, but for others. These are the questions that I do want to answer today. But here's the thing that I want to share with you. But in order to become that kind of church, if, in order for us to become that kind of servant of Jesus and servant of others, there are certain things that we need in our lives that are significantly important. And these are the kinds of things that I want to share with you today. If you would turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 8. I know some of you are familiar with this scripture, some of you may not be, but I want to read for you Romans chapter 12, verse one through eight. Okay, it says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true, proper worship, do not conform to pattern of the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Most oftentimes, you will see sermons end there with these scriptures. Let me continue. Verse 3 says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, in light of our minds and our lives being renewed, in light of Of our lives being conformed to the mind of Christ for by the grace given me in verse 3 it says I say to every one of you do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to but rather think of yourself with sober judgment yes this word sober here is not being intoxicated that kind of mindset okay you know what happens when you get drunk right pastor I'm just kidding okay (laughs) I'm just kidding Um, but you guys understand what I'm saying, right? Here, so you, we understand the sober judgment with clarity in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body and many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. I know I spent a lot of time just sharing for, with you to set this up, but we have enough time here to delve into this. Let's bow our heads. Lord God, I just pray right now that you would touch our hearts and our lives. Lord God, I'm not worthy to speak your word. I'm a sinful man, but saved by grace. And I've been created, Lord God, for, to do your will and to serve, and so I stand here, though I'm not worthy, I pray that you would use me to just communicate the word that you desire, and I pray that every single person here that are here, I don't know where they are, what their needs are, but I know, Lord God, that you can speak to each of us, and I pray that we would not leave here the same way we came, but we would be transformed, we would be renewed today, Lord God. Just touch our lives and may your anointing and your presence be with us, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. It says in Romans chapter 12, verse one here, it says, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice and holy and pleasing to God. I'm gonna come back to the idea of in light okay the idea of um, this it says therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy I'm gonna come back to that towards the end but I want to talk to you today about offering our bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God when I read something like that it tells me that God really does have an expectation of us there is something that God desires of us when we oftentimes come to church, we just look to God and say, God, what do you have for me? Is that right? Okay. It's just me again. Okay, you know what I'm talking about, right? Even as a pastor, when I come to church, like when Pastor Joe's preaching, I want the stuff that God has for me. You know what I mean? And, and I want it. And I know that in God, I find all kinds of healing, healing, Peace, satisfaction, fulfillment, everything that I know and I need, I can find in Jesus. And so I look for that. But there aren't often times when I stop to think that maybe there's something God wants from me. Or there's something that God desires from me. And according to the scripture, there is something that God desires from me. And this, when it says therefore here, okay, All of you who are students of the Word of God, you know, and you know Pastor Joe talks about this all the time, right? That you have to think in consideration of all the preceding scriptures that went before. Really, what Paul is saying here is in light of, in view of chapters 1 through chapters 11, where he expounds on the gospel of Jesus Christ, where he expounds on the good news, where he expounds, though we were not deserving that yet Christ went to the cross for us and paid the ultimate price so that we can have new life and that he did this work, not because of anything we've done, but because of what Jesus has done. So therefore, this good news is the gospel and in light of explaining this gospel from chapters one to 11, he says, therefore, I urge you in light of this, in view of this mercy, offer yourselves, myself, our bodies, as living sacrifice. That's what it's talking about here. If we, I'm I'm telling you right now, I just wanna make a side remark just from my heart. This is my home church, right? Okay, this is my home church. This is why my kids attend. So can I at times just talk to you heart to heart? Just brother to brother, brother to sister. And just say, I want you to know today that sometimes we can know about God's grace, we can understand it here, and we can hear it all the time when we're in church, and we can talk Christian stuff around all the time. But my prayer for you is that this grace become a reality in your heart and in your life. That when you utter the name of Jesus, that our gratitude, and our love for Jesus will explode because of our encounter with his love, because of who he is, how incredible and awesome God he is. You know, oftentimes I think about myself and I go, God, you know, you, God, you are such a big God. You are a creator of the universe. I, lately I've, um, I've been teaching this class called Biblical Theology of Missions, okay, and I'm teaching it, but I'm learning. I used to know this stuff, but I'm like, my gosh, and here's the thing that I'm learning. I, I'm learning uh, that God is a unique and incomparable God that can't be compared with anything in my mind. Rick Warren once said, it's like if you're trying to understand the depth and wisdom of God, it's like an ant trying to understand the internet, okay, okay. That makes sense to me. It's like the ant trying to understand the internet. God is such a big God. How many of you have seen pictures of the galaxy? The galaxy is so phenomenally large and grand and the expanse of the sky, all of that. God spoke all of this into being. God created all of this. And he has a plan to redeem mankind because of our lostness. And this is not just a theological truth about something that we talk about in church. When I look towards God and I realize, my gosh, he did this for me. He did this for me unless we come to the reality of that truth for our lives and have experienced that for ourselves, we will never understand this scripture. We will never understand what it means to offer up our bodies as living sacrifices. Let me talk to you because no matter how much I tell you what that is, we will never be able to do it. You'll never be able to do it. I'm telling you, I can stand up here and say, you need to serve. You need to do this. You need to do that. I'm telling you, the Apostle Paul is very clear in Romans chapter 1, where he says, The gospel is the power that enables you and I to do what he is calling us to do. So if you're receiving from me today, again, do this, do that, serve, offer your. If you listen to that, Outside of the view of God's mercy and his love for the reality of what God has done in your own life You will never be able to have the power or the resource to be able to accomplish anything God is calling us to do Usually in churches When I say something like this they say amen. I agree. I affirm that all of you are like are you with me? Did you fall asleep? Okay, remember, I'm in a different cultural context here, okay, outside of New Jersey and outside of New York. So you have to tell me if I'm connecting with you, if you're understanding what I'm saying. You understand what I'm saying, right? You will never be able to have the power just by your pure will to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. It must come, and it must be that power is generated by experiencing the love of God and His redemptive work in our lives. So let's talk about this. What is body? Okay, Pastor Joe, you spoke and expounded on this when you were speaking at the University of Valley Forge this past week, and I really appreciated that. Here, it's not talking necessarily just about your physical body, right? And during that time, there was this in the in the Roman Greco area, you know, time in this period. Oftentimes, there was a separation of understanding, this idea of dualism, where the body was. really bad thing and the soul is a good thing so whatever you do with your body you can do whatever with it because it's not it's not it's it's a non-factor okay it's it's the idea of dualism but here when the Apostle Paul says that we are to offer our bodies he's talking about soul body everything as living sacrifices I thought about this this idea of living sacrifice how many of you Love to sacrifice. (laughs) How many of you love to sacrifice? Oh, yeah, I'm sure you do, okay? Um, I don't like to sacrifice for anything. So when I read scriptures like this, it makes me very uncomfortable. Living, present, continuous, always. We must be a, a body, everything within us, soul, mind, spirit, body, everything offered to God as living sacrifices. There are a couple of types of sacrifices in the Old Testament. One is the kind of sacrifice where if you sinned, you have to bring an animal so that the animal would be offered up, killed for that sin. So that that will be fulfilled. We know that this kind of work was done for us by Jesus Christ. We cannot atone for our sins. Jesus is the only one who can be that sacrifice for us. So in light of that sacrifice, there's another type of sacrifice the Old Testament talks about. It's the it's the, it's, it's the idea of bringing the best, awesome, perfect animal. It's, it's the wholeness of the animal. And they used to have a burnt offering to God. And they used to burn up everything. There was not a single part of it being left. So when I read this scripture, it says, We ought to offer ourselves, our bodies, as living sacrifice. I read it as, There can't be any part of us that remain every single part of our lives must be offered to God as living sacrifice as I live this light in view of God's mercy I want to share with you today that oftentimes we have this idea that God is our personal assistant Okay, how many of you know what I'm talking about, right? We only know God as finding us that parking space, okay? Or going somewhere and, God, I need you to really come through. Otherwise, I'm going to have a really hard time over here. God, I really need this job. And I know, I heard in the scriptures that you are omnipotent, all-powerful, providing God. So therefore, I really need this. So would you come and provide for me? Do you know how ridiculous and ludicrous that sounds, that God would be our personal assistant, the God of the universe who created the galaxies and who spoke things into life? Can you imagine God carrying a little briefcase and following after you and doing everything that you're asking him to do? Can you imagine that picture? But that's what we do all the time. We serve a mighty God who has a plan not only for you as individuals, but for all of humanity, which is to redeem it. And God is calling us to come and be a part of that mission. God is calling us to be a part of the body of Christ that He chose our royal priesthood here to be the witness for His love. He has a plan for our lives, and God is calling us to become a part of that. And here's what I wanna talk about in terms of this idea of offering everything. Whole. God cannot be an addition to our lives. God cannot be something that we add to what we already have. You see, in American Christianity, I think that sometimes we've lost our way in thinking that, okay, here's our life, here's our family, here's what we do. Now we need Jesus to come and help me in these pursuits. That's not how the gospel works. How many of you know what I'm talking about? In view, Because I'm telling you, when you experience and taste the beauty of Jesus, there is nothing else that compares. There is nothing else you would want to live for than Jesus because the weight of God's glory and His majesty and His beauty far outweighs, not only far outweighs, when you come in view of God's mercy All the stuff that was important to us is no longer important. Everything fades away in light of God's beauty and his glory. Everything fades away when we encounter God's mercies for our lives. And so it's not the idea. See, when you truly, when I truly encounter Jesus, we can never add Jesus to something that we're doing. Jesus becomes everything because he is better than life. He is better than everything. Are you with me? I know, some of us, we value our time. How many of you value your time? I hear this all the time in church. Well, I need to do this, I need to do this, and I need to do this, and I think I have some time left over to serve Jesus and the church. God does call us to be good stewards of time, but being good stewards of time is not for you. It's not for me. Being good stewards of time is so that we may glorify God with our time. So when we say things like, family is important, okay? Yes, family is important. I don't have time to read the scripture here in a moment, but let me tell you this. Family is important. Yes, your kids going to soccer practices are important. But let me just tell you, they cannot be our gods. They cannot be the reason why exist and why we do things. There's a scripture in uh, in Luke chapter 9. You don't have to turn it there. I'll just explain it, okay? There There was a situation here. Jesus was addressing a couple of people. One was, if you look here, it says, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says, hold on, foxes have dens and birds have nests but the son of man has no place to lay his head basically what he's saying is, i'm glad and i'm thankful for your excitement to follow me but there's a cost to following me okay how many of you know people who just without thinking and without counting the cost when their altar call is made you run to the front and say i will give you everything and then they turn around and they're counting the cost and go maybe not Okay, that's what they're addressing. The second person, he says, he said to another, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. I will just leave it there. I'm not going to read all of it. Let me go and bury my father. You have to remember that this is a highly patriarchal society. To not be able to bury your father in this society is sacrilegious. This was so important for this time. Okay, I understand that you can't relate with that. But for us, the way I relate it is your kid's soccer game. Okay, I know, I don't know how it is here. But I'm, I'm, I come from South Jersey where it becomes a huge issue. Okay, it's like soccer game and everything else in life works around the soccer game. And that's the centerpiece of your life. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay, is it just me? Okay, and if I'm not careful, what I'm realizing even in my own life is it's weird. It's like, it's like verse 2, right? Do not conform to the patterns of this world. But it's weird. Even for me, my wife and I, I got to get my kids into sports. Why am I thinking that? Okay, um, I'm not saying sports is bad. I'm not saying soccer games are bad. I'm not saying any of this is bad. But when it becomes the ultimate thing in your life, we're not understanding what it means to have Jesus as our ultimate thing. Most of your kids will never be professional players. How many of you say amen to that? Okay, if they miss a soccer game because you have to be at a church event, it's not the end of the world. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay, yes, let's, okay, it's not the end of the world. I'm telling you, in churches, I can't have meetings because of all of these different things going on. I'm not saying that it's all about the meetings or the soccer game. I, listen, my kids are involved in sports. I'm not trying to knock that. But you understand what I'm saying. It just can't be the ultimate thing. Because when Jesus is the ultimate thing, things change. Our values change. When, Jesus, when we encounter the beauty of God, you don't want anything else. I'm telling you right now, for me, I just want my kids to love Jesus. Because in life there's nothing more satisfying than the presence of the living God and experiencing the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is nothing more important and more valuable than that. So what I'm telling you today is that when we offer ourselves as living sacrifices, we're talking about our whole self. There can't be any part that's reserved for something else. And this idea cannot be fulfilled unless we understand and we view God's mercy. Verse 2 says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We all know about this pattern of this world. It's a default setting, okay? I love default setting in phones. I love default setting in technology because I'm terrible at it. Okay, you give me a device, I will find a way to mess it up. You know what I'm talking about? I will find my way to mess up whatever you give me. So I love having default setting where you just kind of push a button and it resets to that. okay? But you know what this saying is this pattern of the world, it's a default setting for us. When we come to church, we get focused on Jesus, we get focused on what desire, God desires for us, but the moment we leave, it goes to the default setting. It's the pattern of the world that's infiltrating our hearts, our lives, everything else. It says we need to continue to experiencing, experience renewing of the mind. Let me tell you about this renewing real quick. Jesus, refer, Jesus uses, uses this word in another place in, in Matthew chapter 19, verse 20. He doesn't have it, okay? Chapter 19, verse 20, it says this. Jesus is talking about this word, I'm going to renew all things—it's the idea of palingenesis. In that time, what happened was the Stoic philosophers used to think that there used a cycle in history of society. Things will deteriorate out of control. Eventually, some catalyst—you know—cataclysmic event will occur, and it will reset. Okay, so throughout the history of the universe, it will keep resetting. It'll just spiral out of control. It'll keep resetting. They had this philosophy. Jesus uses the same word to describe his coming new heavens and the new earth, new kingdom. He says, I'm going to renew all things. For those of you who forsook it all, all of it, to follow me, for those of you who lost it all, you're going to find the real life. I'm going to bring, this, bring about this renewal for the ages that nothing will be the same again as it was but a new kingdom is coming but how many of you know today that new kingdom for those of us who has accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior can experience that kingdom reign here today because Jesus Christ lives in your heart and in my heart let me say it this way how many of you are excited about heaven Okay, I'm excited about heaven, I can't wait, my father is there, I can't wait to go, okay? But one thing that we don't oftentimes talk about in church is that heaven is not really a picture of so many of us have grown up with, which is like streets of gold, pearly gates, it sounds like the best of the world is in heaven, right? Right? If that's the case, I would expect in Revelations to describe the most gigantic, enormous, majestic church there. Is that right? Like right in the center of it. And everybody is worshiping. I, I imagine that kind of heaven, right, with golden streets. But I want you to know that the kind of heaven that Revelation describes is nothing like that. It says heaven is the perfect dwelling place of God. It's the dwelling presence of God. The presence of God and our relationship. There's nothing else you need. Gold is on the street because it has no value anymore. It's not the best of everything over there. It's the fact that over there, your soul will be completely and utterly satisfied with the perfect dwelling place of God. And if that's the case, we also know the kingdom of God is here in our hearts. That when we understand the reign of God in our hearts, that Jesus reigns in our hearts, right? So, so what does that mean here? It's look, look at this. It says here, then it says, um, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing of what? Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is good and perfect will. His kingdom's reign. Our mind needs to be renewed, reset, transformed, metamorphosis. It's morphe. It's the idea of our lives and our lives transforming to the likeness and understanding of the kingdom of God where God's rule reigns. So here on earth, we want God's rule to reign. We want to offer our bodies as living sacrifices and we want our minds to be renewed so that what? His will will be done. I don't know about you today, but sometimes for me, I get confused in church. There's so many things that are happening in church and so many things that people want and desire. And there's so many churches go all kinds of, not this church. I'm talking about some other churches, okay? Not not here, not Spring Valley. But sometimes I get confused about the will of God. But I need a renewing of mine to be aligned with the will of God. I want to share with you in the final component of this message here that the will of God is for us to serve together in community. Let me say it again. The will of God, if God were to really reign in the church, let me say it again. If God were to really reign in the church, we would truly be a community-serving community serving together if we truly allowed God to reign in our hearts we would be in community together it says here in scripture that the body has many parts members and to each I love this yes body has many parts but to each of you God has given a responsibility and a purpose for your life and for my life are you with me it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, we are God's handiwork or work machine created for what? For his purposes, okay? You can take that off. Now, when we talk about the word workmanship, we're talking about this word poemos, okay? Poemos is like art. Okay, it's where we have the word poem come from. I love it when God says to me, that I'm God's artistry. My wife is like, Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> okay, you have no some of you you're looking at each other, you're like, What? Okay, you're not God's artistry. You are no, okay. <laughs> don't, don't mention any names or things like that, okay? But it says here in this word that we are God's poetry, artistry. Every single one of us, verse four, each of us has a part that we play, and we ought to serve together in community. We're supposed to serve one another. How many of you know that if you can't, if you want to teach, you need to have people who are listening to the teaching, correct? Okay, if you want to show hospitality, you need to have people that you're actually sharing that hospitality with. There's this idea of communal serving for what? It's to bring glory and witness to the love of our Lord Jesus Christ so that when we serve one another in community, the world will know of his great love. How will people know? How will people know this love if we can't show it here? You know, I love it, Pastor Joe, when you had uh, Dane walk down the middle of the aisle and we are all standing up and cheering to express hospitality. If we didn't have radical, extravagant, Love through our serving one another as we offer ourselves as living sacrifices before the Lord. If we can't demonstrate it here, who will know about the love of Jesus Christ? It must be demonstrated here. Each and every single one of us have a part to play. I know that community is not something that comes natural for us. How many of you know that? Okay. I know in our culture, like I told you, like I, I, I'm, I could do without community, Pastor Joe. Really, I, could, I really could do without community. <laughs> Just my personality, I could do. But in the Old Testament and the New Testament, in this, during this time, you can't think of loving God outside of this community. Even when we said, for example, in verse 12, it says, in view of God's mercy, in chapter 12, verse 1, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Here's something I want you to know that you can't really see from this text, just reading it in English. The bodies, yes, it's plural, referring to the bodies here, okay? But living sacrifice is not plural. It's singular. And this idea is that we as community together are living sacrifices unto the lord it's never meant to be read as me as an individual i want to offer myself as a singular Okay, not as an individualistic thing, but as a community together, we're offering ourselves as a living sacrifice unto the Lord. When you read scripture, we are never ought to, there's so many times we misunderstand the scriptures because we are looking at through the individualistic American lens to say, hey, it's talking about, no, no, it's talking about us together. I also want you to know that whatever happens to you in that case affects me. And whatever happens to me affects you. Hey, if I'm going through a struggle, I just want you to know that biblically, it should matter to you, that you should not be okay with it. If something happens to, 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 to anyone in this congregation, not because I'm a pastor, but because I belong to this community, it matters to me. In the Old Testament, right, you've heard of this before in Jewish, Jewish greetings, shalom. How many of you heard that before? Okay, everybody say to your person next to you, Shalom. Okay, what does that mean? Peace be with you, right? Peace be with you. Do you know that this Shalom has so much more depth to it? Do you know what this actually means? It's saying the peace that it's talking about is not an individualistic peace. It's the idea the community together, it's talking about the peace in the community. So what it means is, if someone is hurting, and if someone needs something, I don't have peace. That's what it's talking about. If something happens, it directly affects me. We are intertwined. It's a tapestry. There is, there is this tapestry where we're all intertwined. You know, the reason why a lot of like, people are like, why, why, is, why is the church not very attractive today? Not this church. Okay, the church, I mean, imagine the kind of church we would be if we served all of the needs in the congregation organically by the spirit of the living God. That we're offering ourselves to one another, that we don't have to collect a benevolence offering for someone who needs something. Can you imagine if that was being met because we recognize that this community is one body representing the body of Jesus Christ and recognizing the kingship and reign of our Lord Jesus Christ upon our lives. Amen? I'm running out of time, so here's what I want to say. I always say this. As I'm saying this to you, like I'm I'm thinking about myself, okay, if I heard this message what am I going to do? I don't think I would necessarily move towards serving or reaching out to someone. Uh, Maybe, maybe maybe not. All I know is that we'll never be able to become the servants of God unless the source of that power comes from Jesus himself. That when we are connected to Jesus, spirit to spirit, When we're connected to him, when we're connected to his grace, there is no way we can stay the same. I don't even have to hammer you with, okay, don't make these things ultimate thing. When we connect and learn to remain in Jesus, I believe that out of that relationship and out of that source, we'll be able to produce many fruits in servitude. Amen? My daughter, long, long time ago, and I want to conclude with this, our third daughter, when she was just about one and a half, she used to say to me, I don't see, I don't see, I don't see. This is a time when I was really busy with ministry. My wife was a single mom. Okay, I had to repent many years for this. But I did not know what she was talking about. I just happened to babysit her one time, and I was home, and she said, I don't see, I don't see, I don't see. I said, what don't you see? <laughs> yeah, I was getting really frustrated. And I finally called my wife, and she goes, no, she's saying, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I thirsty i do not see. I was hearing, I don't see. She was saying, I'm thirsty. Can you imagine for an hour and a half, she was telling me, I'm thirsty. And I was hearing, what don't you see? How much more would Jesus We need to learn to hear his voice. What he's saying to us in moment by moment, where to serve. I'm not even gonna tell you where you should serve. You need to listen to the voice of God. You need to listen and be connected to the voice of God so that in the gifting, in the strength that God has given you, to each of you, God has given you something. Where you ought to use that for the glory of God, but the timing of it, where, how, what, that's the, you need to listen, you and I need to listen to the voice of the living God to direct us for that. But I'm telling you, if we're not connected to him, we're not spending time with God, how will you know? Are you with me? Would you stand with me at this time? Would you bow your heads? I'm gonna ask the worship team to come up real quick. I know we're out of time here. Could you give me a couple of more minutes here? Would you just take a moment to connect with Jesus? Would you just take a moment to connect with Jesus and say, Lord, I know there's some of you that never experienced this kind of beauty, this kind of grace, I encourage you right now to just come before God and say, Lord, I I need your touch. I need your encounter. I need your presence. For some of you, you've encountered that glory. You've encountered that grace. But God is speaking to you this morning and saying, I want all of you not parts of you. I don't want to just be a sideshow in your life. I want to be everything in your life. I want you to listen to my voice. I want you to hear hear my voice. Listen to me. Be obedient. Wherever you are in the spectrum today, would you just take a moment and just, would you lift up your hand right in front of you, not high, just as a surrender, right in front of you, if this is you. Only if you want to. You don't have to if you don't want to. Just say, Lord, I surrender. morning. I surrender this morning. You're an awesome God. You're a mighty God, and I want to give everything to you, everything to you this morning. Would you do that right now? Just take a moment right now. Jesus, with your heads bowed, we're gonna sing this together. Let's offer our hearts right now. Don't look around, okay? Just sing along. If you don't know it, you can look it up on the screen.
2: this my desire to, to
1: servant like jesus i want to be like jesus today i want to offer everything that is within me to serve you this is you would you place your hand on your heart i want to pray for you and close lord god i just pray for these hands on the hearts only you can transform our hearts and our lives we cannot serve the way you desire us to serve without you without your presence, without your love, without the power of the gospel. So I pray today that you would draw us nearer to you, nearer to you, Lord God, every day, every moment, that we may learn to abide in you, that we may learn to hear your voice, that we may never miss the opportunities to serve the way you want us to serve. We love you, Lord Jesus. We pray all these things, Jesus name amen let's give the Lord a clap offering this morning God is good amen you may be seated I have one housekeeping item for you in your would you take out your orange card there's a focus seminar that's coming up on October 31st if you don't know what that is we're gonna help you discover God has designed you to serve and if you've been to a shape class that used to be offered here if you're new to our church and you want to find out how God has designed you your spiritual gifts your heart your abilities your personalities and your experience we're offering this class so that you can come and learn more about how God has designed you for his service in his kingdom so I want you to check that box I also want you to know that we're signing up for small group god meant us to be in community if you're outside of the community you're outside of god's will and so i encourage you to participate in small group and sign up for small group it'll be uh, out there uh, in, in our like if you leave from here so on your way out would you turn in your connection card and orange card and also sign up for small group god bless you as you go forgive me for going long Pastor Joel, never let me preach again and I'm okay with that. Okay, Lord bless you as you go. God bless.